to find truth. Now, what I want to say that this point of contact, marginal utility, is one of several possible contacts. And if you look at the uh, uh, list of lectures as they are coming, you'll see marginal productivity of labor. That's another similar point of contact. The marginal productivity of capital, yet another. And here's another, marginal productivity of debt. And uh, at the very end, uh, lecture 20th, or actually, uh, yeah, lecture 20th, marginal productivity of social circulating capital. So you see there are lots of points of contact and I would say we are only scratching the purpose because the whole of economics could be uh, uh, could be uh, described in terms of these points of contact. Hadn't been done. I think only <coughs> a few places. And all this in my opinion, has been disregarded by the mainstream Austrian school. And we are filling in these gaps. And this is our purpose here this week, in this session, to show that marginal utility is only the first letter in the alphabet. And there are lots of other letters, and we've got to go through the whole alphabet before we can read. Just knowing one letter is not sufficient for reading and writing. You've got to know the whole alphabet. And that's a very important task of ours, to develop that alphabet. All right, so now, <laughs> after this, what I thought was going to be a short introduction and turned out to be uh, <laughs> three quarters of an hour, uh, I will proceed with uh, my uh, lecture one, marginal utility and unit price. In this lecture I want to bring down the concept of marginal utility to the uh, level of the common man or common woman, the housewife who is doing shopping, you see, because marginal utility as it is usually presented in textbooks and treatises is far too abstract. It has nothing to say to the housewife or to the uh, common man, uh, wage earner, who is spending his hard-earned wages to try to economize, to cover, pay bills and have enough for food and a little bit of uh, recreation and so on. The concept is too abstract for them. Now I want to bring it down to the level of the common man and the common housewife. And this is how I start. I want to point out that there's a connotation between the concept of utility on the abstract level 
and the concept of price at the uh, practical level. There's a connotation. I'm not saying they are the same. You will see, as I continue explaining, you will see uh, where this leads to. But let's just start with the common uh, word price. The trouble with this word is that it's imprecise. It's uh, very often not clear what is meant by price. And it could mean two different things. Either it means the price of a consignment. You buy <coughs> a truckload of firewood, for instance. That's a, then you talk about the price, how much you paid for this truckload, which could be, uh, what's the common measure of firewood? Corn? Cord. Could be five cords, could be six cords. You know, we don't know what it is. It's a truckload, a consignment. Okay, so we just say the price of that truckload of firewood. That's one possibility. But there is another. What is this other possibility? The interpretation of the word price, which in common everyday language is not made precise. What's the other meaning? Value. What? Value. Not value, no. No, it's the unit price. Namely, how much one cord of firewood cost. You see, the price itself is meaningless because you don't know what the unit is. So you've got to know the unit and then you have the concept of unit price. And that's a very important distinction. And every housewife knows. You know, you have a basket of groceries, that has a price, the basket. But in itself, it's not meaningful until you specify what is in the basket. And if only one th type of thing is in the basket, you want to know how much of, of that is. In other words, you want to know the unit price. Then you have the information. And every housewife knows that. So here I'm pointing out that common uh, sloppiness or imprecision that we mix up in everyday life the notion of total price on the one hand and the unit price on the other hand. Very common mistake. And perhaps uh, it's a necessary mistake because, uh, you know, scientists have to be precise every time they use a word and look around whether there is any uh, room for ambiguity. But in common uh, language we cannot be that stilted is the word, I think. We want to ha have this uh, bit of uh, elbow room, so we are uh, using words not so precisely. And in many cases the context will tell you what is meant. So no real danger. But what happened was that Menger was very conscious of this ambiguity and he wanted to get to the bottom of it. He wanted to uh, make this precise for purpose of building science on it. 
And then he ran into the problem of uh, necessity of being able to measure price. And that in itself was a, a challenge for him because to measure price it turned out was circular. There was a loop, a logical loop, because if you want to measure you need a measuring rod. And in order to have a measuring rod you have to pick material out of which <coughs> you manufacture the measuring rod, which has to have certain properties such as uh, um, inelastic. Inelastic. Yeah, inelastic, not responding to changes in temperature and other uh, things. And uh, in order to decide that it's inelastic enough, inelastic enough, uh, you have to be able to measure. So you want to find a measure, but you need the ability of measuring before you can do. So that's not going to give you a sound scientific foundation. And for that reason, he decided that he needed a more abstract, so the, from the concrete level of the market, where you sell and buy, pay prices, you have to compare unit prices, etc. he graduates to the abstract level and he will he forbids himself to use the word price out. He forbids himself to use the word unit price. That's out too. Instead, he's using the concept of utility for the total price and he uses the word marginal utility for the unit price. So that's where I'm leading to. I want you to show that the housewife will understand <coughs> the contact point between the <laughs> protosphere and the logosphere if you point it out to her that it's really just a connotation of the word utility is total price. And the connotation of the word marginal utility is, is, uh, uh, is unit price. Okay, thank you. Now let me go to, to a new page and I will... Is a black tooth, right? Uh, yes. I'm going to draw two charts. In this chart, I call it the price chart. The vertical axis is the price. 
total price and the horizontal axis just Q, quantity. And here is UP, unit price, again as a function of quantity. Now, the old-fashioned quantity theorists assumed that uh, the price was proportional to quantity. So it was a linear function. Linear comes from line. So it was represented by a straight line. If you bought twice as much of something, then you had to pay twice as much. The total price doubles every time you double the quantity. So, the unit price is going to be constant, right? In fact, it will be the slope of this. So that's the price, and that's the unit price. And of course, Mango realized that this was nonsense, because, because the price is not a linear function. It's a nonlinear, highly nonlinear function, and and uh, therefore, in reality, you will have curves. So again, this is price. Is a linear case. And you have the unit price in the nonlinear case. And in the nonlinear case, you will find, it's common experience, that the more you buy, the price will go up, but it will go up less and less. So it's non-linear because it's rather like this. You see? So if you buy just one egg, you pay so much. But if you buy a dozen eggs, it the price won't be 12 times the price of one egg because you will have a better deal. You will have to pay a lower unit price. So the unit price will not be a constant uh, line like this, but it will be a falling line. The unit price will decrease with quantity. The more you buy, the lower unit price you can insist on. And the vendor will give you that because this is the, in the nature of things. I, I mean, uh, the housewives will know that who goes to the market and, uh, you know, she wants to buy potatoes for the whole winter, not just for the uh, soup for the Sunday dinner, but she wants to buy potato for the 
whole winter season, then she won't take the unit price which she would be willing to pay for a, a pound of potatoes, obviously. You see, the same with firewood, same with everything. And therefore, the unit price will be a falling curve, something like this. Now, I mentioned eggs. The problem with eggs is that the egg market is discrete. You cannot sell half an egg or a quarter of an egg. You have to have a discrete spectrum. But some other things like flour, these are sold continuously. You can take half a pound or one and a half pound or anything in between. And therefore, you look at this and you don't get just points as in the case of the egg market, but you get a continuous curve. And those of you who had some exposure to calculus in a university course, in some cases already in high school they teach the concept, the calculus, they will, those of you will realize that the unit price is the differential quotient, I'll let you write it down, okay? This is the differential quotient of the total price. This is total price, this is unit price. Now, if you have no background in calculus, don't worry about it, because I think you can get the idea even without it, but it does help those who have uh, because what happens really is that is the rate of change. You see, the total price is changing. It's no longer constant as it was in that hypothetical example of the uh, uh, quantity theorists. So you have a variable rate of change. In fact, it's falling. The unit price is falling as the quantity increases. And uh, that was the raw material which Menger was looking at. And he said that that's not acceptable because of that logical loop, vicious loop or vicious circle, that in order to measure price you have to have a measuring rod and you have to uh, be able to make it out of some material and in order to do that you have to measure. So you try to define measure in terms of measuring, which is a logical loop. It's, it's a vicious uh, circle. So he said, forget about it. We won't call it price. We just cross out price and, and write in with the green is that 
utility for the price, also on the top. Utility and UP is marginal utility. Just a simple change of word. And uh, down there also. But that's much more general than the original concept of price. Because uh, it's uh, covering <coughs> everything. Not just uh, what the housewife buys in the market or the manufacturer buying coal to fire the furnaces or machinery or uh, the miner uh, or the agriculture the uh, entrepreneur you know is buying fertilizer selling this but it's everything is covered under the same roof and then this vicious circle disappears I'm aware that I have only a few more minutes left but I can wind it up by saying this, the whole game introducing utility and marginal utility is to eliminate that vicious circle. So it's a logical necessity. I mean the housewife can live without it, the manufacturer can live without it, but if you're a scientist you, you don't have a proper concept of price unless you go back to the theory and make this change. Generalize from total price to utility and from uh, unit price to marginal utility. And uh, then if you read this, I'm running out of time here, you will see that there are two there are two axioms or postulates the postulate for increasing utility and the postulate of declining marginal utility so I let you read this there is no more time but I will say that much those of you who know something about calculus will immediately realize that there is a relationship between utility on the one hand and marginal utility on the other. What is this relationship? Derivative. Derivative. One's a derivative of the other. That's right. Which is the derivative of the other? The marginal utility. That's right. Or I, I use the uh, <laughs> the old-fashioned word differential quotient because derivative <laughs> has a bad <laughs> connotation. <laughs> yes, the sir. derivative markets, forget about that. Here it's differential quotient, okay? But it's true. In mathematics, the word, the other word... It's total differentiation. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> So with this, I uh, 
close my lecture at